Guys, five movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelicone. You are listening to episode 44 of The Spin Chagrin, and last week's category was a re- modern remake of a classic Disney movie. Uh, so, Frank, you expressed to me offline that this might be like one of the worst categories you think you've received, and uh, did that eventually hold up? Um, what, did, what did you end up doing? One movie, two movie, five movies? What did you do? Only two. Um, and I only did the second one because... I didn't really have anything to say about the first one, so um, we'll uh, we'll okay. we'll get into that. So I All think right. the I I don't know I'll I'll decide after we talk about them which one is the chagrin movie. Okay, because they both have their um chagrinable merits, I guess. All right. So what'd you do? I'm I'm interested because like it could go a number of different ways here. I think. Um, so the first movie I watched which was actually the movie that came to my mind when you spun this category last week was 2022's um, Pinocchio directed by Robert Zemeckis Hmm. Um, stars Tom Hanks, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Keegan-Michael Key, uh, Lorraine Bracco's in it. um, Luke Evans is in it. All right. I fucking hate Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. I don't like any iteration of Pinocchio. I don't like the story of Pinocchio. I find that most people that make Pinocchio movies make these weirdly creepy, almost pedophilic, like predatory movies, kind of. Okay. Um, because I guess they feel like since it's just a wooden boy, they can do whatever they want and like nothing matters. Uh-huh. Um, okay. And I wasn't, wasn't disappointed here, except that, first of all, let me say that this is a absolutely beautiful movie like the cgi is perfect um it's a really amazing blend of live action and cgi where it's like very seamless like there's no weird like uncanny valley like dissonance that you get from the characters like melding with each other um beautiful like everything is really finely crafted and if you were just watching as like a tech demo you know of what whatever the animation studio can do pretty impressive right okay but like a tech demo there ain't shit to it like it's got no soul and i watched this movie and it's the story of pinocchio it's every single beat is the same pretty much you know it's geppetto makes the puppet and then jiminy cricket like finds the puppet and geppetto wishes to have a real boy because he's lost his, his child and the puppet's given life, and then it's Pinocchio, and Jiminy Cricket is tasked with being his conscience, and he goes on a bunch of misadventures, and, you know, ends up on um, Pleasure Island, I guess is what it's called, and mm-hmm. um, gets, you know, makes a bunch of bad decisions, gets turned into a donkey, and then makes some good decisions, gets turned back into a boy, and then Geppetto's out at sea, and Monstro, like, who they turn into this leviathan creature that's like a whale squid combination it's actually pretty horrifying hmm. um each geppetto and pinocchio and they light a fire inside him and he sneezes them out and they get away and then pinocchio because of his bravery turns into a real boy blah 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 right the thing that's like fucked up about this movie is it's like two hours long i guess hour and 40 some minutes or 50 some minutes i can't remember okay long enough to be annoying 105 minutes um it's so dull 
And like mm-hmm. they try and inject this weird adult humor into it. Like I, I knew I was gonna hate this movie about like six minutes in when Pinocchio has become a real boy or has become like alive, like the puppets come to life. Maybe it's that happening. I don't know. It's it's so real early, but yeah, okay. Yeah, no, it is. I'm telling you, it's like six or seven minutes in. Huh. And oh no, it's it's after he's been turned because the fairy godmother is there. Um singing the When You Wish Upon a Star song. Mm. Beautiful fucking CGI on the fairy godmother. I actually wish that Guillermo de, Guillermo del Toro would like take notes here or like James Wan. Because if you wanted to do a ghost in a way that like makes sense, like the fairy godmother in this movie is absolutely like the perfect blend of like tangible and ephemeral. Like it's it's mm. It, it, it's fantastic like the the cgi and everything mm-hmm. but unfortunately like it doesn't matter because who fucking cares and there's this joke that's made that's like what was he trying to do make a boy and then jiminy cricket's like yeah i guess he didn't like think of the other ways you can do it maybe he can't do it that way and it's like implying that like geppetto can't fuck anymore right yeah so he's got to like carve himself like a little kid even though <laughs> they definitely show you know like that geppetto's like wife and son were killed and that he's pined over like his the lost love that he's had for his whole life i don't know whatever so it takes this thing that should be like tragic and poignant and it turns it into a cheap pop for like the perverts in the audience um so I don't know. You know, it's fucking Pinocchio. Like they go and they do their shit and their adventures, and sure, Pinocchio ends up in the puppet show with some other puppets, and he falls in love with this puppet. But then that part's weird too because the puppet's like legit a puppet, just being controlled by this woman, and it's like, who's Pinocchio really in love with? And is this woman in love with this little fucking puppet? Anyway, um, so I don't know. There's really not much to say about this movie. So if you've seen Pinocchio and you enjoy Pinocchio then this is an adaptation of Pinocchio. And if you're a real human being that hates Pinocchio, then there's no reason to watch it. And as a result, this movie has a 28% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is 100% like earned. And it's really funny because like you think about Zemeckis and all the stuff that Zemeckis has done. And like mm-hmm. really like what a large part of our childhood Robert Zemeckis was, you know, sure. I mean, just for like you and I personally, like Romancing the Stone and Back to the Future mm-hmm. and then Roger Rabbit that we both really enjoy. Mm-hmm. But it's like... And you, and and even for me, Used Cars was like a big movie that I used to watch a lot as a kid for some reason. I don't know why. But even then, you get into the 90s with Forrest Gump. I mean, like... I, it's like the guy was important. <laughs> yeah, and I think... I think Forrest Gump might be the last good movie that he did but I mean, there's some stuff that's got some merit to it after that like castaway is decent but it's too long um i actually enjoy his christmas carol version i think we've talked about this before that i actually kind of like it mm-hmm. because it really does kind of embrace like the supernatural nature of, of a christmas carol yeah um i just can't get over the idea of jim carrey so yeah but whatever i mean it's <laughs> It's not as bad as fucking Tom Hanks and um, uh, Polar Express, which is one of the worst fucking mm. movies ever made. And definitely, like, breaks that Uncanny Valley. Like, I, at least he got it right here, you know. Right. Um, Tom Hanks plays Geppetto in this movie, by the way. 
Oh, and fucking Jiminy Cricket calls Pinocchio Pin- Pinocchio? Is that what it is? He calls him some fucked up, like, shortened version of his name, and he's saying it all the time. Like, Pinocchio, Pinocchio. Like, it's one more syllable, asshole. Like, just say Pinocchio. Like, you don't gotta try and be, like, all hip. Right. So that's awful. And everything is just played, like, I swear to God, like, if if you could watch this movie on mute, and maybe I should have done that, but then it kind of defeats the purpose. You would really be impressed just by like the visual effects in this movie. Like it's a it's a gorgeous, gorgeous film. It just man, like it's so brought down by the leaden storytelling of a story that honestly I don't think is that interesting uh, in in the long run. So I don't know. And every time I watch Pinocchio, I just think of fucking um, Benini's Pinocchio, which is like the creepiest thing ever. And it's and what's really funny is I. I didn't know that you felt this way. I don't think about Pinocchio. Um, I haven't watched Pinocchio since I was a child, and I mean a young child, and I have no desire to ever watch Pinocchio ever again, and I've never watched any adaptation of Pinocchio ever. Like, not one. Um, I have no desire. I, I have, I have mild disdain for the idea of Pinocchio. Well, I hate it, and yes, I hate it watching it that way, here. yeah. <laughs> So I didn't even know this existed. I'm going to be honest, yeah. um, because you know that there's another Pinocchio coming out this year, right? That makes me really angry too, and that's fucking Del Toro. Yes, that's Del Toro. Yeah, but he's I, adapting it from the original novel. Apparently, it's still going to be terrible. I don't care. I mean, Disney's just remaking their own shit, and really, like it's it's a you know it's 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 a faithful adaptation of the source material um i haven't seen the animated pinocchio <sighs> 35 years maybe something like that maybe mm-hmm. longer than that mm-hmm. we had to watch it before christmas break or summer break in the library one day in middle in elementary school i can't remember what mm. but um we had like some like reading or something was canceled and library was extended and we got to go sit in the library and watch FM Pinocchio. Um, so I don't know. And, you know, I'm a pretty big fan of, like, fairy tales and stuff. But I just don't dig it. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it is about Pinocchio. But I just don't like it. And let me tell you, the best adaptation of the Pinocchio story is in a series of comics that you and I were big fans of, which is Fables. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Where Geppetto is, like, the villain in the story, creating his army of, like, you know clockwork men right um and who's basically just this bitter broken old man because of the loss of his family and it's honestly like a really good telling of the story and it changes enough where it's still kind of it makes it interesting because i don't know it's not just like this agreed like boring like normal telling of the story so that was Pinocchio. Okay, so I do have a follow-up question to something you said. How many syllables does something need to save in order for the shortening to be okay? Two? No, I don't believe there's any time where that's appropriate. Like, I hate that shit. What? I used to... I I don't like to shorten anything. <laughs> you just say the fucking word. Like, I used to work with this guy. At, so I worked for Regal Cinemas for a long time, and at one point I worked at 
the Regal Cinemas in People's Plaza in uh, Newark, Delaware. Mm-hmm. And we had a sandwich shop across the street from us that was amazing called Casapulas. Right. Casapulas was one of the best sub shops I've ever eaten at my life. Fantastic cheesesteaks, amazing cold cut subs. It was great. I worked with this dude that would always say, you want to get cast today? You want to get some cast today? And it would drive me nuts. And I would just want to say, fucking just say Casapulas. Like, it didn't take me any more time to say Casapulas. And it took you to go, you want to get cast? You know, like, you just made yourself sound like an idiot to shorten, like, what? Four like syllables. It's, four, yeah. it's four syllables. Right. Compared to but, one. Like, you ain't saving no time. And honestly, most of the time that people, like, abbreviate stuff, they take more time to say it anyway, because they're saying, I don't know, anyway, it's just dumb. I hate that shit. I mean, we call Orion O, though, a lot of times. He calls himself O. <laughs> and you're so, just being polite? Right. So I'm just, it's like Bledsoe, like, people called him B. Such as his nickname. Nicknames are different than shortened forms of like real words. Casapola is like, we're not talking to like Joe Casapola, you know, and calling him Cas. Like, maybe I could be okay with that. But we're but, talking but, about but, a restaurant. Right. I understand that. But you were talking about Pinocchio having a nickname right. from fucking Jiminy Cricket. Only so. Jiminy Cricket. P- right. P- Pinocchio. I, I think it's Pinocchio. <laughs> I swear to God, I just watched this movie yesterday and I've already tried to forget as much of it as I could. But there's like this one point where, oh, and then they also give Pinocchio superpowers, man. Like, he's got super strength. And at one point when they're trying to escape from Monstro, he puts his little wooden legs in the water and goes like that. And he becomes like a motorboat. And he's like scooting that boat across the water. Hmm. And there's one point, and like before that, they're trying to catch Pinocchio. So Pinocchio is water skiing, holding onto a rope that's being pulled by a seagull. The seagull said, I can't carry it because you're a big, heavy block of wood. And then all of a sudden he's skiing across the water at like hyperspeed on this fucking seagull. But if he could have just put his little legs in the water and then like, why didn't he do that? In he the first hold place. on a piece of driftwood. You'd been there in half the time. Right. You wouldn't have had to like deal with me here and go, Pinocchio, Pinocchio. Maybe it's Pinocchio. <laughs> it's either Pinocchio. I, I think it might be Pinocchio. I think that's right. Pinocchio. I mean, he's saving two syllables at that point. Yeah, but he makes me sound like an idiot. So that's really what your problem is. It's like you would accept the shortening if it didn't sound stupid. There's no, uh, unless it's a, someone's established nickname, there's no acceptable form of shortening in my I'm trying to think of something that I shorten <laughs> because I know I'm being a hypocrite here. But I don't think the exception proves the rule. <laughs> okay. Just wonder. <clears throat> I'll you, try. I think, I think you dislike the fact that it sounds fucking stupid to sit there and say, Pinocchio like for right. like what what sounds cool when you shorten it fridge there you go there's a there's a fine word i'm gonna i'm going to the fridge and even then you know what i fucking say refrigerator i don't i don't say veggies i say vegetables you know like just say the whole word idiots <laughs> what are we talking about <laughs> the next movie that you watch that is a remake of a disney movie um, so I couldn't, I, I don't know if I can really count this, but I'm going to anyway, because fuck this fucking spin chagrin shit at this point. <laughs> um, six episodes after this, man. Come on. I know. That's fine. I, I got some bad stuff coming. This be worse than this, I'm sure. Um, so I decided to watch Alice in Wonderland, the 2010 Tim Burton movie, um, because oh, I thought okay. it was a remake of Alice in Wonderland. Okay, what is it then? I've never sat there and watched this movie. So, 
I don't come here to praise Tim Burton. I come here to bury him. But <laughs> we can talk about this movie a little bit, and I can say some nice things about it. Okay. So it's actually a reimagining of a like it's a reimagined sequel to Alice in Wonderland. Mm. Um, it's the basic premise is that this girl Alice, who's this teenage like probably 16 or so sort of rebellious um tomboyish girl is trying to be forced into like um high society by her grandmother or something um and she doesn't really want to be a part of it she just wants to she's really bored with everything and turned off by the pretentiousness of all the people she's around and this dude that they're trying to get her to fuck like so they can form some kind of like super married couple shit i don't know mm-hmm. um so she ends up getting like seeing the white rabbit and getting pulled into wonderland just like the original but what it turns out is that wonderland is like destroyed basically it's kind of like return to oz in that way okay um so she meets all the characters and they none of them can agree on whether or not she's alice or not um, and you find out that Alice had been there before and had beaten the White Queen, but had left. And so everyone has been waiting for Alice to come back, basically, to finish the job and kill the White Queen and, like, oust her from power because the White Queen is crazy. Um, so the first part is, like, Alice kind of, she never believes that, she doesn't believe for the longest time that she's actually in um, a real place. She thinks that she's dreaming and she keeps trying to, like, wake herself up from the dream but i mean she's in like really in wonderland and obviously it's like what it turns out Mm -hmm. um so she goes through this adventure where like she meets the mad hatter and meets all the main characters and she kind of gets convinced that she needs to save these people from the red queen so they add this other element with um the red queen has a uh I don't know what you would call them, like a ah fuck. What do they call the character? Um, he's he's called the Knave of Hearts, but he's like her. I mean, he's I guess he's in Alice in Wonderland, but he's like her protector and like the head of the um, Card Knights or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's played by Crispin Glover, so that's actually a pretty mm, pretty cool, pretty cool performance just from him. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like basically. He falls in love with Alice, and everybody's always trying to fuck Alice in this movie, too, which is weird, but we'll get to that. Um, they don't say they're trying to fuck her, but they're, like, in love with her, quote-unquote. But you, mm. you, you know what they want. Yeah, right. And Burton's got her in, like, really, like, uncomfortable stages of undress numerous times in the movie. Mm. You know, because, like, she's drinking the growing potion, and all of a sudden her skirt's like a mini skirt, and, mm. and then she's drinking this, this shrinking potion and just barely covering her boobs. Um, mm-hmm. So that's pretty awful. But so she eventually like she befriends the Bandersnatch and it helps her escape at one point and then she goes to the White Queen who's played by Anne Hathaway and she finds out that she's the only one that can like defeat the the Jabberwock and um they keep calling it the Jabberwocky too, which is really offensive to me because it's a Jabberwock. But anyway. So she doesn't want to like kill anything because she says 
um it's against basically her principles to kill anything and then it turns out that like everyone will die if she doesn't fight the jabberwock so she decides that she's just gonna do it so she takes up the vorpal sword and she fights the jabberwock and everybody else is fighting and then she beats the jabberwock and the red queen gets banished to the wastelands along with crispin glover um and the white queen becomes the actual queen again and blah 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 so here is there's there's two aspects of this movie the first thing is i was actually really surprised by how much i was engaged with the overall story of this movie because i actually think and it turns out that alice is the alice from before she just grew up and forgot about it um and so like in like reawakening her memories of oz or of oz fuck that's how see you, you can tell like what this movie actually is and I'm, I'm gonna get to that in reawakening her memories of um wonderland uh it's actually like kind of like opens up her power and um is what allows her to save everything and i'll be honest with you like really a very an interesting take on how you can sort of remake a movie without like shitting on the original and you can make it something new that's actually worth watching is what i would say if there wasn't so many bad things in this movie so first of all tim burton and johnny depp are just bad for each other like it's just too much and burton doesn't restrain depp enough because the weird thing is is it's not like a bad performance it's just a so unnecessarily over-the-top performance that it's really hard to watch at times. And Burton, like, he takes it a little too far with, like, the weirdness of everything. Like, it's always just a little too... I don't know. Like, that whole Burton, kitschy, weird, oddball fucking um i don't know like it's just a little too much do you know what i mean like it's, I get, a little, oh, yeah. it's a little too precious and a little too like purposefully like oh look how crazy my brain is that i invented this thing and the cgi is so weird that because everything takes place against cgi backgrounds i think i don't really think there's much practical here like it, it looks like almost all of it maybe there's a couple of sets small sets where they're but everybody is cgi like every character has some element of cgi to them so mm-hmm. people's bodies are like unnaturally stretched at times i guess because of this and like mm-hmm. just the proportions feel weird but then you can't tell if that's on purpose because one of the gimmicks is that the red queen has a really big head and mm-hmm. everybody else pretends to have really big body parts around her so she doesn't feel like out like like a freak <laughs> But it's all because they just don't want her to chop off their heads. <laughs> right. No, it just sounds kind of funny to me. But um Well, there's that's that's a major part towards the end when so the Mad Hatter, who's the Johnny Depp character, gets caught and she's gonna execute him. Um, but the Cheshire cat takes his place and pretends to be him, and then he pops up from behind her and like reveals that all of her like um court people um are actually faking like they're so he like pulls off the one woman's big ear and he like the other woman's big nose falls off and then 
this woman's like we oddly distended flat boobs like he smacks them and they pop off and she's just got like giant like normal boobs underneath which is a really weird scene too um i mean they're clothed boobs but they're like you know in a bustier right. so like sure. popping out or whatever mm-hmm. i don't know it's just there's so many weird decisions here that's like i didn't absolutely hate this movie but i definitely did not like this movie and every time i would kind of get into the storyline and it's actually got some pretty good action sequences to it like sword fighting and stuff mm-hmm. um it, it's sort of reminiscent of um princess bride maybe or uh i probably more reminiscent of like lord of the rings or something like that but you know i mean even in that sense still this this kind of like cool like fantasy world thing where they've he's kind of built and actually this is my return to oz comparison because it's very similar to that in the sense that it takes all these places that if you've either read the oz books or like watched the wizard of oz things that you recognize as being like part of the mythology of that world Mm-hmm. And sort of twists them because it's been, you know, a decade since she's been there and things have changed under the rule of the um, Red Queen, um, which, again, is very similar to the return to Oz and the, um, you know, the the Gnome King or whatever. Right. And just how everything has changed. Um, and really, like a lot of. So it's what's his name? Burton's wife um, playing Helena, yeah, Helena Carter. Bottom Carter. Um, and so the CGI on her, because she's got a gigantic head, is super unsettling, like, to watch the whole time. And it's really weird because it's with her and it's with Tweedledum and Tweedledee, who are played by, um, ah, fuck, what's their name? Uh, Matt Lucas. Okay. Um, where they've CGI'd Matt Lucas's face onto, like, this CGI body that's got an enormous head. Mm. and enormous fat arms and tiny little legs um and so all of it's really unsettling and again it's like where i said that pinocchio does a great job of being one of the few like movies that blends that live action and cgi in such a perfect way that you don't get that weird uncanny valley right like this does it in just slightly under the perfect way so it's super uncanny valley all the time Mm. like it's always really uncomfortable to watch people existing in this movie because there's something off about them and it's actually kind of horrific. And maybe that was the point. I don't know. But if it was, then good job. Um, but maybe not exactly where uh, where you want to be with a kid's movie. And I don't think that Burton even knows how to make movies anymore anyway. So fuck them. But, um, but yeah, just it really unfortunate that if if you could have toned it down just a tiny bit and really just sort of made the movie with less cgi and more practical effects um and just a little less like over weirdness Mm -hmm. i think it would have been a really good movie honestly i really think it would have been maybe not perfect but still like the, the the story is good at times the script is okay it does a good job of blending in um carol's original like nonsense language um but then sometimes goes like, overboard with like it gyre and jimble and shit like yeah, that. yeah like all that shit like mm-hmm. because they make it part of the mythology because the mythology is that the red queen controls the jabberwock and that's what gives her her power is the fact that the jabberwock is like enthralled to her so she at any time can send this creature that's basically unkillable because she's captured the vorpal sword 
you know so and I, really it's just like i mean it's a really good fantasy story in that respect and it's one of those things where it kind of feels like something out of that fables comic that we used to read like it's it's right it's enough of the familiar while still like retaining that where you can kind of recognize things but changing it in enough ways where it kind of draws your interest in it's just that man does burton like just fuck it up man like he just he doesn't know he always has to take everything just slightly too far yeah it's just too much and it's too weird and just moderately uncomfortable at times and again like the cgi is this isn't 100 percent his fault because it's the time period and honestly i guess for 2010 the cgi is like fine but i know that if they just would have done more edward scissorhands style because he creates a fantasy world there or beetlejuice you know what i mean and like that's mm-hmm. all like practical effects sure. you do the same thing here i think it would have been a much more creatively successful movie as opposed to because it was really financially successful i think it made several hundred million dollars in fact I'm, i know it was like three or four hundred million or something um because it almost made the terrible blockbusters list but i couldn't bring myself to watch it and oh jesus it now here and now here the fuck we are box office is 1.025 billion now oh, well there you go see off of 150 to 200 million dollar budget so the thing that it did was it created this this universe that now and not universe in terms of like shared storyline but universe in the sense of just people saying like hey we can make a billion dollars too in the sense of like um uh what is it the maleficent movies and Mm -hmm. um snow white and the huntsman or whatever i mean it takes it's all these movies now that have come out and this actually got a sequel which i am not going to watch um alice through the looking glass which is a 2016 movie Mm -hmm. um but just basically like created this idea that this is a good idea like let's take a classic story and modify it slightly somehow where it's recognizable but more adult and we can try and build it as like a tween like fantasy franchise so um i don't know that's it what is, what is burden's deal what 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 original shit does burden really have like edward scissorhands is his right like, beetlejuice right? beetlejuice is his mm-hmm. big mm-hmm. Fi- big fish is his. big fish nightmare Frank and, before christmas Frank and weenie nightmare before christmas okay um but pretty much everything else is like uh something that's adapted somebody else's ideas or old stuff like trading cards or fucking comics or yeah i mean tv shows that he liked when he was i younger. don't really I don't really have an issue with stuff like Ed Wood and Mars Attacks. I mean, I think Mars Attacks is a pretty flawed movie, but I also think that it's got some... I mean, again, you're basing it off of a series of trading cards, you know, whatever. Like, what do you sure. yeah, yeah, And it it captures the feeling of those trading cards. I think it just shows that, much like the Garbage Pail Kids movie, maybe not the best place to draw your inspirations. <laughs> um, I guess Miss Peregrine's was okay like it yeah, i didn't bad. see that yeah, i read I'm that sorry. book and it i didn't really care to see the movie yeah. um Bert, burton's problem is that it's just always got to be too much about him pushing himself and his own weird like predilections into like it's always got to feel like a tim burton movie and 
you and I have talked about this um, offline, but it's like, I don't, like, I don't think there's a problem with a, a director having like a signature style. Like, oh, sure. You, you watch a Wes Anderson movie and you pretty much know you're seeing a right. Wes Anderson movie. Yes. Like, it's, it's difficult to like watch a Wes Anderson movie and not immediately know that's this dude. Right. But I also think that Wes Anderson's movies tend to have merit most of the time and are interesting stories that he's creating about characters that he finds interesting. Yeah, and he's and, mature, and he's maturing in his storytelling. Oh yeah, like Grand degree. Budapest is yeah. fantastic. The one you Whereas, haven't watched yet is also really good with the short stories. Um, the one that came out like two years ago. I can't remember the name of it. French Dispatch. Yeah, um, French. There's Dispatch. some good stuff in there. Um. I just think that Burton is kind of like a one-trick pony in a lot of ways, and I think that after he got past some of his initial like good ideas, that he kind of got exposed in the sense that, um, and like you said, this relationship with Depp I think has like hurt both of them in some ways. Well, because they don't restrain each other, right? Like they, I, I think, I think they're probably really good friends in mm-hmm. real life. I think they probably genuinely appreciate each other. Yeah, and I feel like. Burton doesn't rein Depp in and Depp doesn't call Burton out on like his bad ideas and as a result it's just this mishmash you get. Sure. And look, this is not nearly as egregious as Willy Willy Wonka. Mm-hmm. Um which is one of the most god awful things you'll ever see if you've never seen it. Um but it's also not as good as something like Sweeney Todd. Mm-hmm. But then again, Sweeney Todd is something that's pulling directly from like an established source material, whereas this is in a lot of ways just um, Burton's own thing. Yeah. So It's really funny that you picked this movie as the Burton movie, because the fir- one of the first things that came to my mind when this for this category was Dumbo. Mm. Um, which he also did, and I I've never watched it, but I can imagine that lack of restraint probably being similar with Devito, like that where Devito is probably like way over the too too over the top at times in that movie. I bet because <coughs> Burton Burton doesn't can't restrain anybody. Because DeVito can go too far as an actor. Yeah. Not as much as Depp, though. No, not as much as Depp. No, no. But I mean, the other part of that, the other part of that aspect, too, is that when we, we talked about this when we did the deep dive on it, sort of, is that Burton was just kind of bored with that universe and was just trying to find ways to keep himself interested. And I don't think there's anything wrong because I don't know how to how to how I feel about this 100%, but it's a comic book movie. You know what I mean? And like I guess in a lot of ways this is an adaptation of a children's book. But it like the comic book aspect of it was just him taking it to like its gothic extreme. Mm-hmm. Like almost like a parody of batman's actual universe in a lot of ways by making it so completely over the top and i guess that's sort of what's happening here but it's like 
Lewis Carroll gives you enough in those books for you to pull from where you don't have to like exaggerate it to make it effective. And it'd have been, I, I don't know how long it'd have been since the last Alice in Wonderland adaptation before this, but I feel like it's probably been a, a, a little bit since the nineties, I think maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So just. I think Burton's really lucky that he usually casts really good actors. Um, in a lot of his movies, because I have this weird feeling that he's like not very, not a very good director when it comes to actors, and he picks really top level talent a lot of times because they can make the choices often that tone things down. Like <clears throat> Big Fish, I, I'll die, I'll die on the hill that I think it's his most mature and best movie that he's probably ever made. Um, maybe not best movie, but most mature movie. Um, is Big Fish. And right. he picks the right actors that know how to act and play those roles appropriately. And I think he's really lucky that he picks, you know, he casts really good actors because I don't know if he knows how to direct actors very well. So let me, um, let me play devil's advocate to that. Then mm-hmm. is it that he casts really good actors or he casts a lot of actors he had never worked with before? Mm, that's it's it's interesting. I mean, let's. I mean, aside from Devito and um, Bottom Carter, mm-hmm. it's a lot of like it's a lot of people that are new to working with him, and maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's just again, I really think that it might be a lot of that familiarity of I've just worked with these people so much that yeah, we kind of just like let each other, you know. It's like we have a saying in in business about like fresh eyes on something, you know. So if like you're struggling, like you will tend to bring in people that don't work there and say like, "Hey, look at the operation and see what you see that maybe can be fixed that we might not be seeing because you're seeing it all the time." Mm-hmm. And if every movie that you're making is with the same group of people, you know, and one of those people is the person that you share a bed with, sure. maybe you're not that great at kind of identifying the, you know like the holes in your in your game yeah very possibly i mean if you think about like the people that he ends up that he that he's worked with and you find the roles to be memorable um so it's like go through here he of course like it's early in his career but he'd never worked with you know any of the people in beetlejuice but just go a little later in his career ed wood the thing that really stands out about that movie more than anything is martin landau right like um I think Nicholson's actually pretty funny in Mars Attacks um, in a lot of scenes. Um, but if we go to Big Fish, he had never worked with any of the principals in that, except for Helen Bonacarter, which is a smaller role. Um, what stands and, out about... And in her role, is playing the exact same character she plays in almost every single Timber <laughs> Yes, right. Sure. Um but it's like I can't even think of like you know like some of these other like performances like that stand out at times. I mean, I know he works with Timothy Small all the time, but like it's just Johnny Depp. It's just Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp after right. a certain point, and it's just like all those memorable performances that come from Beetlejuice and Batman and Edward Scissorhands early on, and Ed Wood, like and. I, they just a big fish, and it's like then it's just all depth. It seems like after that, largely. You look at it like 
so Keaton a couple times, right? But pulling a different performance out of Keaton and Depp a couple times early, but mm-hmm. completely different performances. And, and part of the problem too is, and it's the thing that's kind of ruined Johnny Depp is it's the the curse of the fucking Black Pearl sort of like he played this character that became iconic within the span of one movie because I mean it's a really good performance in the first Pirates of the Caribbean sure and that movie was so surprising because it was so fun and energetic and it was like who like what is this fucking movie based on an amusement park ride and it ended up being like good you know and like Mm -hmm worth watching and then they made 700 other of them right and look i mean depp himself like we talked about this a little bit during like the best gen Gen x actor podcast we did towards the end of last year and um i'll and we'll probably talk about it later next year at some point but uh i'll forever say that fear and loathing killed depp as an actor to some degree like he never shook that role of playing Hunter Thompson because it's incorporated inside of Jack Sparrow, and then it like shows up in weird things like Secret Window, and like right. it's it's weird like what happens there to him. Um, but <clears throat> but like actually he's doing different stuff in the Bird movies. I'll at least give him that. He's not doing the the Hunter Thompson shtick so much, um, in these movies. But it's like yeah, there's just no control, and he just I. Depp just kind of annoys me in what I have seen of like Dark Shadows and stuff like that. Like it's just. Not I'm not good. gonna lie to you. Like there's some humanity to his performance here, that is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, in in a couple of ways, it's kind of touching. But he just lets him like go off the rails so much with his weirdness mm-hmm. that, and they CGI his eyes, and it's really like unsettling to look at. So I don't know. Like, it makes it very difficult to watch the movie, and it kind of, like, then, like, all the humanity that you get from the performance is, like, brushed away by this weird, I don't know. They just CGI the faces too much, and it just, like, it's so hard to look at. So. That's a shame. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's go ahead. Oh, so, so you're going to do the first movie, right? Is your chagrin score... Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that's, that's the only one that really meets right. the... Right. Yeah. So what is it? It's an eight. You know, I mean, it's it's like not the most egregious thing, but it's 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 pretty nigh unwatchable, like, from a narrative standpoint. Mm-hmm. It's, so. Just, it's so weird because, like, visually, it really is... I mean, it's on par with, like, the best video games, I think, in terms of its immersiveness and the feel mm-hmm. of it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, just, it makes me it makes me want to go watch ten minutes of it and then turn it off. Um, just to see what you mean by that. What if you really want to get a good feel for this movie? Put it on mute and watch the first five minutes, and then fast forward like fifteen minutes and watch another five minutes. Yeah, and just keep doing that, mm-hmm. and then watch the last. Mm, Start like twenty five minutes out and watch ten minutes there, and then you've seen the movie, right? And you'll have seen like all the best parts for the most yeah. part. Mm-hmm. So, all right, well, let's go ahead and spin this wheel, and then I have 
follow up for you. So, all right. Not many more times for this wheel to spin. Zoo animals on the loose. Haven't we done this? No. No. It just feels like it because all your categories revolved around animals. Um, Who knows what I was thinking? <laughs> zoo animals on the loose. So this feels like prime chagrin category potential. I already, no, I already know what it is. <laughs> uh, Zootopia or something like that? No, because they're not really on the loose. I mean, I mean, they're more the dirty like, fucking animals should be locked in cages and not being cops or whatever. So, um, whatever yeah, but the they're they the, the animal. The animals are the world. Like that's they're not animals at that point. They're people. I mean, right? When we probably had five categories to fit that bill too. Right. Um, Monkey doing people things. <laughs> it's like all fifty episodes should have just been animals doing people stuff. I mean, if we do it again, you know. <laughs> uh, all right. So there was an errant text by friend of the podcaster, Ryan Wellmaker, this past week in our group thread where he mentioned something about Facebook um, showing him post like too much pasta or something. Uh, pasta. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> fuck, what was it? It was. <clears throat> And it's too far to go back and find, but um, but uh, yeah, it was something along the lines of all this corporate pasta. So, so yeah, it was it was it was ridiculous, and um, because I was like uh sad about my life and having to go to work, I um, I took the time and I was wondering, like you know, if Facebook. I asked the question: If Facebook served you pasta, would you eat it? Which you never actually answered that question. Cause oh, I missed I, that text. Okay, so, um, and Orion made the claim that you would, that you, he wouldn't, but you would, and mm-hmm. then I wanted to know, um, which major corporations you would eat pasta from, so, and I asked you to create a list and give me the rationale, so what have you come up with for which major, like, companies, if they made <laughs> pasta, would you eat? So we're gonna have to do this off the cuff, because I didn't really give it that much thought. <laughs> I thought I thought Berea makes good pasta, and then I realized that that's not really what you're asking. Right. Um, so first of all, Facebook. If Facebook made pasta, would you eat it? What kind of pasta are they making? I imagine Facebook would. Is make Is there well, a certain type of pasta from Facebook that you would accept? Well, I imagine Facebook would make like disgusting fake pasta. Okay. Like the gluten-free pasta or the like spinach pasta. Mm-hmm. Which sometimes can be okay, but really, like, it's never as good as eating real pasta. So what it's about just... lentil, lentil pasta? Lentil's fine. Lentils are different. Okay. I can eat some lentils. That's not pasta. That's a different thing. You're not trying to trick me into thinking that I'm eating pasta. Okay. Whereas with, like, the other pasta, they're trying to trick me into thinking it's pasta. And I feel like Facebook would do that to you, and it would have no flavor and be, like, a thousand carbs, like, for serving. So you would just, like, die. Like, it would probably kill me. So, yeah, I would not eat Facebook pasta. Um, I actually probably wouldn't eat any social media pasta. I think it would all be like empty calories and gross. Um, okay. I don't know. It's so hard because I just keep thinking about food, like companies that make food. 
I'm like, oh, would I eat pasta from this company? Like, yeah, they 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 make some good pasta. Um, I know companies I really have a lot of faith in. Um, I mean, I've eaten like Amazon pasta before. Like, like you ordered from Amazon or like at yeah the Amazon some... warehouse, like. No, no, no. It's it's some pasta. You know, they have like their home essential shit. They have some food line stuff. That it's just like buying like great value from Walmart. You know. Okay. Um, I think I ordered something from them before. I've seen it at least. Uh, but you know, whatever. That would be fine. Okay. Like, so, if, so if CVS started selling pasta, I would never go into CVS. I have no reason what? to be in the CVS. <laughs> this is this. This is this Walgreens. Questioning. I think Walgreens has pasta, but I wouldn't. No, get I'm pasta. saying Walgreens is making pasta. This is the whole premise, Frank. Right. I'm saying I. I don't think I would eat it. Okay. It doesn't belong there. <laughs> they need to mind their business and not make <laughs> not make pasta. So you don't. Think and also, like, like what what kind of pasta are they making? Is it like all kinds of pasta? Spaghetti? Ravioli? Like, I wouldn't eat ravioli for Walgreens. So <laughs> oh, okay, so this is where I'm asking. It's like, you definitely wouldn't eat ravioli. What, what if it's a rigatoni? I wouldn't eat ravioli. No, no rigatoni. Not from Walgreens? No. Shells, maybe. Um, Elbow noodles, maybe. Like elbow macaroni. Okay. Um, what kind of sauce are we talking at Walgreens? No, no, I would make my own sauce. Like, I don't, I don't buy sauce from anybody. You should know better than that. Ridiculous. Line You're completely in this in the premise of this entire. Thing. <laughs> I, don't I like think. The I think. I, I, I. Right. I think. See, I think you answered the question. Your premise is pushing me to say that I would buy jarred sauce from somebody, <laughs> and that I'm you, not even asking can't. that. I'm saying that there's an employee at Walgreens in the back that's making pasta and is serving you pasta. Ew. That's no. what I'm asking. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> this is the premise, Frank. This I thought you should, I, I I thought we were talking no. about like dried pasta. Like they're no, actually no, making no, me... no, no. They're they're actually oh. making you a meal. Like which corporations would you trust? <clears throat> so because Facebook they're, they're, made they're, you pasta and gave like made you a pasta meal and gave it to you. Like what's the delivery method from Facebook? How are they getting it to me? I, th- these are questions I didn't consider. I mean, is it coming in the mail? Is somebody bringing it to my house? I think somebody's bringing it to your house. It has to. No, be. I don't. I don't trust that shit. You don't trust the person bringing it to your house. You don't trust the company. Either way, I don't think the Facebook would have very good. Okay, um, so let's let's just deal with like co- with companies that you could like walk into a store. Then, like, so it's like, um, well, I wouldn't buy I wouldn't buy pasta from a gas station. Okay. So any so, gas stations. So are. any gas but stations I, are out. What about uh, okay, Ollie's? You walked into Ollie's and they. Oh got no, it. that's that that pasta has been sitting in that kitchen for like like six months. That pasta ain't no like new. That 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 pasta they, suspect. They got you, good you stuff cheap. Eat. I mean, like no, you can't eat Ollie's anything. <laughs> Ollie's has like food sometimes, and it's just it's the most like suspect shit. Like you can't eat that stuff. Okay, so uh, you go into a Home Depot and. They're making pasta meals, like you know, like you can just. What part of Home Depot is it at? Uh, describe, just uh, describe where they're selling the pasta in the store. Um, that's a, that's a mitigating factor. 
Okay, they, they, I mean, it's it's themed, so they're like, you know, just kind of like making it back in like the kitchen, like appliances area and stuff like that. Yeah, I would eat that pasta. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, but I wouldn't eat if it was near lawn and garden or if it was back where they cut the wood up. Why? Because there'd be sawdust in the wood and they're smelling fucking fertilizer back in lawn and garden. That place, I mean, it's not a bad smell, but it's a smell smell and it's not a smell you want to smell when so you're you eating. So you don't want to smell, you don't want to smell earth or anything like that while you're eating pasta is that i guess maybe if i'm in like italy like outside in some vineyard maybe that'd be fine but definitely not in like the home depot right this is not the kind of earth you know it's yeah no thank you okay um you go into a car dealership no no pasta from them <laughs> no no pasta from no. car dealership no car 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 salesmen are are shysters so they'd be selling me some shisty ass pasta and i don't want none of that okay uh you go into the verizon <laughs> store they're making a, they just got a little like you know like just just person like in the back just like making some pasta like his free like kind of dish so while, while you wait for some service or something yeah i might try some verizon pasta i've had good experiences in the verizon store down here so i might trust them okay I'll tell you where I would never eat pasta from is GameStop. No GameStop pasta. I mean, sure. Um, you got to drop a package off to UPS. What about UPS? Would you eat some UPS pasta? No, I find those stores to be like filthy. Like I have no no confidence that my pasta will be clean. There'd be cardboard you... dust all over everything. I'd be like, so what, I guess what same thing this? with FedEx. I guess. Yeah, I'd be like, I'd be like, what is what? Well, FedEx is worse than UPS. In terms of being like a company, um, I'd be like, "What is this?" And I'd be like, "Oh, it's Parmesan cheese," but it wouldn't be. It'd be fucking cardboard shavings from their stupid boxes. What about Best Buy? Hmm. I forgot Best Buy existed. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe I might eat. Maybe some awesome from Best Buy. Hmm. Um, it probably wouldn't taste all that great, but it also probably wouldn't be like lethal or anything. What about any kind of like major like a uh, store like uh like so if, like a uh, Target? What about Target? Yeah, I'd eat pasta from Target. I, I think I think so too. For some reason, like as soon as I thought about that, it's like I would even eat pasta from Target. I think. I For some like reason, Target I trust would, Target. Right, they would do it right. They'd have like a little pasta stand up by the Starbucks, and you, mm-hmm. you know, you go you go and get your you go and get your Alfredo, and then you pick up your Vente whatever, and then you're good. You know, delicious, right. good meal. Uh, J.C. Penney's. I don't trust any. Uh, I don't know. No, like the J.C. Penney's and the Christiana Mall, definitely not. When I eat anything came out of that store, I watched Lord- you buy pants in that store once. <laughs> Lord and Taylor. Yeah, that's that. That that'd be some classic pasta. It'd probably be like super expensive though. Right, they charge you. The, yeah, like gold, right. gold, gold leaf, gold leaf, fucking something. Okay. I can't think of any words. Ziti. All right. Weird experiment. Um, what about a food? What, oh, th- this would be no good. I know the answer to this already, but it's like, uh, like you go into like a like a shoe store, like um. Oh, disgusting! <laughs> Jesus Christ! That's the worst thing you've ever asked me. <laughs> what God, would they make it? They make it with their fucking feet? Like no, like, thanks. D- <laughs> so like, D- I mean, DSW? No DSW pasta. No, no. no. Is DSW. it just the con- is it just the idea that it's like deals with feet? 
and they're well, so that's popular. A, that's a big part of it, but DSW smells disgusting. So it's like you walk into a shoe store and it smells like fucking leather, rubbery, leather and yeah, leather sweat. and rubber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like you may as well be at like a BDSM bar or something. Like, I, don't, I don't want none of that. And I wouldn't eat pasta there either. <laughs> before you ask. So, um, I mean, you. So you have this problem with. I mean, what about? Would Would you drink like wine if you went to Italy? Like you know, like I mean, like there's probably like you know, like people that like crush those things with their feet still, right? Like to make it authentic. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, but then it's fermented after that. It's fine. Okay. Right. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta have, you know, standards, right? So, if it's the traditional way that something's made, it's fine. But like Al Bundy at the friggin' Payless is 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 not putting any care into my into my pasta. Probably doesn't even wash his feet. Number one, disgusting monster, and. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't need any of that. All right. Last question. See, I made a list of, like, shit. Because um, I figured this would happen. What about an insurance? Like, a, a place that sells insurance? Like, you know, and then... What they, kind like, of insurance? Car insurance. No. No? What I don't if know was, what they're doing. What if it was home insurance? Mm. I'll tell you this. I would have to see the insurance agent. <laughs> right. It's like I I would actually I have better experiences of cleanliness and professionalism at car insurance places than I ever had at like home like renters or home like insurance places. Those number are like one, some shady fucking places. Number one, I don't even understand this premise because I have not been into an insurance office in like <laughs> twenty eight years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Because this is the modern world, and I don't have to go somewhere to get insurance. I can just go online or make a phone call. <coughs> Shit. Now I only have to pay my insurance every fucking six months or something like that. So I don't even have to think about it. Yeah. Easy peasy. All right. Well, thanks for playing except, except Except when that fucking payment comes out of my account. Then I got to think about it. Fucking... Fucking Home Depot pasta. Um, so, like, I like, I mean, so what I think I imagined initially, honestly, with the question was like more like, what if this place like started like these places like like IKEA like had like a little eatery and they sold pasta, but they do that what? exists. Well, IKEA does, yes. And I'm saying, what if these other companies did? That's oh. that was more of like the original intent of what I had in my mind when I asked that question. So I'll tell you this story. Okay. Um, when I worked up in Claymont, Delaware, at the steel mill, the Home Depot had a tool shed, I guess, for lack of a better word, outside. Okay. Where this man would set up every morning and make breakfast sandwiches, and they were the greatest breakfast sandwiches you've ever had in your life. They were amazing. And, you know, if some, like, little old lady was making some red sauce and friggin' cannolis or whatever out of there, I'd probably eat them. Okay. Out of that shed? Yeah. Or out of a shed. At a Home Depot. Maybe not that shed exactly. Okay. 
<laughs> so like like the sheds that they have for sale like outside that you like the models of the sheds like if some old lady was like making some pasta in that thing you might yeah exactly so this dude okay. would make breakfast sandwiches he had sausage and bacon and then egg and cheese and mm-hmm. um i think white bread and biscuits or something but man freaking delicious they're really good super cheap mm-hmm. we'd run down there sometimes breakfast just gets sounds good freaking- yeah home home depot sandwiches we've been gone and we've been gone at this a while but uh now you gave me some ideas for next week because my whole my whole goal for the rest of the time to spend chagrin is just turning into a podcast about food this about the beginning movies of about food or no, just, just food? about food just just get through just get through the movie and just talk about food um but a breakfast sandwich is a good good topic uh um just try try something out. See what happens. <clears throat> I'm gonna start tagging food products and um I'm gonna tag pasta this week. Some company names, I'm gonna see what happens. <clears throat> we'll probably give some people some ideas. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. They're gonna like steal the idea, like fucking fucking Hope Depot's gonna start fucking selling food out of their sheds. After listening. Well, they would just be stealing that idea from themselves. What? Because they already did that. They were selling breakfast sandwiches at the Home Depot. Oh. Oh, I misunderstood you. I thought when you were saying about where you used to work, this is not, there was a shed on the property, and the dude used to no, just no, like no. We used to and... we used to drive down to Home Depot okay. and buy breakfast sandwiches out of a shed that I was in front that of the Home Depot. Okay. But was it a Home Depot shed? Yeah, of course it was. Okay. They wouldn't let no jank-ass like, secondary shed get in there. That was pure Home Depot like quality. Okay. All right. So next week, we got zoo animals um, on the loose. Oh, I'd already forgotten that. Yeah, zoo animals on the loose. You said you already figured it out. Yeah, I know what and, it is, Arnie. Um, right. And then... um. And then we're going to talk about breakfast foods. After that. Sounds, 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 sounds. Breakfast foods. Breakfast foods. Sounds yes. good. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Well, I, I've i been making some really good breakfast foods. So I'll just I, save all that I talk. I know, right. Food. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Like, you know. <laughs> Dude, I made, I made a dinner tonight that I always forget that I love. But every <laughs> time I make it, it's just amazing. Yeah. I made, um uh hamburger steaks okay and i made gravy with i don't know what that is tell me what tell me what this is you basically just take you know hamburger like ground beef okay um and i egg some herbs and seasoning um some finely diced onions mash it all together so i basically made like almost like makeshift like meatloaf okay and then you portion it out and you shape it into like the shape of like a sirloin steak you know like a elongated like oval shape and you okay. fry it and when you fry it like you fry it on both sides so it's cooked all the way through and then you set it aside and then you make a pan gravy in the the drippings from the hamburger so you do you know like i did red wine and a little bit of heavy cream and some flour and some butter and i cooked um onions and mushrooms in it um and some carrots that i cooked the other night roasted i put them in there and I just made like this really good gravy and then I made rice and I had the steak and the rice and I poured the gravy over it and it was amazing. So delicious. Mm. And super cheap because like 
you know, I mean, not that hamburger meat is like really cheap anymore, but much less expensive than frying up, you know, a bunch of steaks. And I got four like nice size steak patties out of it. So it was, it was pretty delicious. Out of, out of how much? Like two pounds? Pound and a half. Pound and a half. Okay. Right. Yeah, it sounds good. I never heard of that before. I mean, it's basically Salisbury steak, but I don't talk about that because I hate Salisbury steak. So it's, 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 it's hamburger steak. <laughs> Salisbury steak maybe, maybe that's why I've never heard of it before is because it's called something else. Salisbury <laughs> steak is disgusting. I do not make Salisbury steak. I make hamburger steak and it's good. Salisbury steak tastes like B.O. I mean, are you just thinking about Salisbury steak, though, in those like packages from when we were kids? Yes, the Stouffer right. Salisbury steak. Yes. They're hungry, man. Disgusting. Yeah, right. It doesn't exist any other way. And if it does, I don't want to hear about it. So you just made Salisbury steak, and you're just no. calling it something different. No, no, no. I made hamburger steaks, sir. I did not make Salisbury steaks, because I didn't look up a recipe for what's in Salisbury uh-huh. steak. And so, as far as I know, I made something completely different. And I refuse okay, there's now other to... people that call them hamburger steaks. Yeah, my mom. Okay. Hold on. Hamburger steaks are they... Let's see. Salisbury steak, it is a version of a Hamburg steak. Yeah. Hamburg steak. I think hamburger steak looks like it's a just a version or is the same thing as a Hamburg steak. Okay. So I think it's all the same. It's all the same thing. Salisbury steak is a version, and it's a version that is disgusting. Salisbury steak contains more fillers such as breadcrumbs, onions, and egg, but it sounds like you used egg and onions. (laughs) And onions, right? You just didn't use the breadcrumbs, right? I actually came close to putting breadcrumbs in, but I was like, no, that's too much filler. I just They are very similar and they may have no difference at all, depending on the recipe that you use. (laughs) (sighs) Fucking Frank cooking cooking that Salisbury steak and eating it and loving it. It was fucking delicious, man. Uh, all right. Well, I'm glad you had a good dinner. Yeah, it was delicious. Um, all right. So next week, zoo animals on the loose and breakfast foods. All right. Have a good week, everybody. Deuces.